The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good takes. But so many poor choices. (laughs) (laughs) Just jumping right in. This is The Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. (laughs) And I'm Nicole. You said let's record, so I hit record. No, I'm into it. Perfect. Perfect. And I decided to uh, backtrack. Whereas last time I did a whole of history, I was like, I did, I was going to pick this other person, but then I'd have to look up how to pronounce their last name. And <laughs> so I, anyway, I, I backtracked and I, I did it. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so good. But the way that I did it is also funny. So um, today's hoe of history is Carmen Della Orafice. Oh. Uh-huh. And I watched a couple of different videos. And the first two were just her on runways because she's a model her on runways or her like uh magazine shoots or whatever like there was no no voiceover no nothing so it didn't help me then I watched an interview with her where they did not introduce her on camera or say her name um I mean it's in the description right I guess you don't have to and it was put into like an online article. So I'm like, son of a bitch. So then I found a clip from Wendy Williams show like 10 years ago. And Wendy Williams did the same thing I just did, which was said it, but with not a lot of confidence. (laughs) Minimal amount of confidence. Oh, I phonetically spelled out her last name based on the way Wendy Williams said it. So who knows? It could still be incorrect. Fucking Wendy Williams is not a good source for much. So I applaud you. (laughs) I was like, I even looked on her Instagram. I mean, I looked, I was just like, not Wendy Williams. Instagram. But, But anyway, I was like. Does no one want to say this bitch's name? No. And then in some of the articles that I read, they're like, she just goes by Carmen. Like, like just one name, like Madonna, right? Okay. And I was like, probably because no one knows how to say her last name correctly. Yeah. She just goes by Carmen. Well, yeah, because her last name has 35 consonants in it. Oh, I will say her last name one more time, and then she will just be Carmen from here on out. (laughs) All right. So Carmen Del Orafice is 92 years old currently and alive. So this is the first hoe of history we've done who is still living on this planet. Right. All the rest of them have passed away. Yeah. Look at us go. So she's the world's oldest model that is still actively working and is actually 92. 
Yes. And, <laughs> and is on like magazine covers. Like she has had the longest modeling career in history. Period. Her daily motto is to enjoy herself at no one else's expense. I can dig that. And I was like, this is the perfect person for me to do in my season of living. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. It is. You're not Uh, wrong. I was like looking through the list of people and I go, you know. I should I should really give Carmen her her due justice on the pod, despite <laughs> her last name situation, because there's so much more about her story that speaks to me. So, <laughs> aside from her last name. Yes. So she was born in New York City on June 3rd, 1931. Hey, girl. <laughs> yes, I know. That was the other thing. She has her birthday is a day after yours. Gemini. Power. Um. Her parents are of Italian and Hungarian descent. Hey, ow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, however, they did not provide a stable home life for her. Uh, they fought a lot. They'd break up on and off stuff. So Carmen would live in foster homes or with other relatives when her parents were like really on the outs. Um. There wasn't much said about her father, but I think, you know, similarly to other stories, he just kind of disappeared into the wind, left them with no money, no place to live, you know. Hopefully it wasn't a tragic ending for him. Or maybe hopefully it was. (laughs) I don't know. But, um... So despite her house hopping, she was able to attend ballet classes. And so she was actually discovered when she was on a bus on her way to ballet class. Oh, like so a she, public bus. Yeah. Yeah. So she was only 13 when <laughs> she was approached to be a model. Of course. At 13 years old, as one does back in that era. Yes. I would like to change the trajectory of my life, make life changing decisions on this bus. Yes. Yes. The wife of photographer Herman Lanskoff is the woman who. I guess, talked to her on the bus and was like, hey, you should model. (laughs) Even better. Somebody's wife. Oh, my God, honey, I was on the bus today and I saw this gorgeous girl. So I told her, you know, you should probably photograph her. I gave you information. How old is she? 13. 13. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. And um, to be expected, her test photos were a flop. So, because she was fucking 13, so a child, (laughs) yeah. Um, she actually did do a photo shoot for Harper's Bazaar, which was you know really Mm -hmm. big back in the day. Uh, but they deemed her unphotogenic, (laughs) yeah. But they're eating their words now. Well, they did back in maybe the 1950s. Actually, there's a turnaround and they like her in the 50s, but not in the 40s. So there we go. Yep. Um, But then not long after those two hurdles, her godfather introduced her to Vogue, which I don't know who he knew at Vogue, how he knew Vogue. I don't know who the godfather is. There's really not a lot of information. To be honest, the resources that I used 
all had very similar information and they'd have like one little more nugget than the other. Like oh, yeah. I read a lot of repetitive stuff. So hate it. Um, I didn't, I don't know, maybe because she still is alive, maybe. but there, there's a documentary about her. And then the other reason I started digging into videos besides just the name pronunciation was because I was like, well, if there's an interview with her, then at least I can get uh, verified information. Mm-hmm. So she ended up meeting up with the beauty editor, Carol Phillips at Vogue. And Carol did think she was photogenic. So they gave her a shot. So this was now at 15. So it took a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, year and a half or whatever. Uh, so she signed a modeling contract for $7.50 an hour with Vogue magazine. Wow. That's a lot of money. Is it? I don't know if it is. For a 13-year-old in the 50s, 40s? Yes. $7.50 an hour? That's what yeah, I was I making when I first the... started. That was minimum wage when I was like first starting my jobs, like to have a job. And it's true. <laughs> it is true. I didn't so. look up the conversion. Um, so she appeared in the December 15th. 1946 issue of the U.S. Vogue, and she was photographed as Little Red Riding Hood, Snow White, and Cinderella. Oh, cute. So, in a recent interview, like this past March, <coughs> excuse me, one momento. <laughs> so, in March 2023, she did an interview with Vogue Czechoslovakia and it was her and photographer Albert Watson. And she talked about being the breadwinner for her parents. So she actually didn't really like seem bitter at all. Like she was like, it was my pleasure. Hmm. I know. Hmm. I was like, okay, I guess she was fine with it. Or she came to terms with it. Now <laughs> she's in her nineties. I guess she's like, there was, yeah, she's tired. She doesn't give a fair I, fuck anymore. Like, she was like, yeah, I was the breadwinner for my mother. She's like, well, actually for both of my parents. Yeah, no, uh, that seven fifty an hour was about 116 an hour. Today's money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> I'll say. Yeah. So when she was 15, she posed for Salvador Dali. So he's very, very well-known Spanish surrealist artist. We all he's, know Salvador Dali. And if you yes. don't, you're, where have you come from? <laughs> well, he's known for like his technical skill and uh, very precise craftsmanship. And if you look up a picture of him, they, like you would recognize the mustache. The mustache is ridiculous. Um, so in this video that I watched or this interview that I watched, for Vogue Czechoslovakia, she was asked how she felt about working with him. And she was like, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would she? Right? So she was like, 
I was just there to make my seven fifty an uh, an hour to take home to my mom. Right. Like working, honey. <laughs> she was like, I was just there for the money. I didn't know who he was. Um. So anyway, he had he painted a tapless portrait of her when she was only fifteen, and it was owned by Queen Elizabeth, which I mean, she's now passed. So I assume that it's still part of the royal family. What? I'm confused. Hang on a second. I wish y'all could have seen my face just now. So what I just heard was Salvador Dali painted a portrait of a topless 15-year-old and the queen took it and was like, hmm, prized possession. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. How does that fucking work? I mean, <laughs> we don't have to. Whoa. <laughs> That's so much to unpack. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the queen took it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We should we should uh put an all call out to one of the royal members. <laughs> hey, do you guys have that picture of that topless 15 year old? There's probably a lot of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, it was just a different time. I was going to say, like, how many other minors do they have? Do you think that they checked the ages? Probably not. Oh. Um, so her and her mom's rent was $30 a month. Oh. And they lived together. And, like, this was before air conditioning was a thing. So she'd go and sleep in Central Park where it was cooler on some, on some nights. So I guess, like, that's common. Yeah, sure. She'd occasionally like come across people in the industry or whatever while she's like out sleeping in the park. (laughs) And they'd be like concerned, like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, the the you know, 750 you guys pay me an hour. Uh, I have to live with my mom in a shithole. So no, I'm not okay. So since they struggled so much financially, <laughs> they didn't have a telephone. Right. So Vogue had to send runners to her apartment to let her know about bondling jobs. Oh, my God. They wouldn't even do the mail. The post wasn't enough. They had to. Sell- Jeeves, run down to the 13 year old's house. Make sure she knows she's expected tomorrow at 930 a.m. Sharp. Like, what the fuck? And she, so she roller skated to jobs to save on bus fares. Like there was even a snippet of her in one of the videos talking about one of the photographers that she worked with and how he walked her back to her apartment because he wanted to like see what was going on and like make sure like she actually had a place to go. And then anytime that they worked together, he'd have like one of his sons walk her. Good for him back to her apartment so she wouldn't have to roller skate back fucking poor thing but hey good for her i mean at that point though i'm like why don't you just give her a bus fare but okay um she so she couldn't afford to eat a lot so she was i mean model skinny but like to a point where she was like malnourished she also suffered from rheumatic fever when she was 13 So she didn't have like a lot of muscle tone. (laughs) So there was a point where she couldn't go to ballet anymore because she got so sick and weak. And that like crushed her because she really wanted to be a dancer. No. 
Yeah. So she was five foot nine and only a hundred pounds. Oh yeah. no, that's on that's beyond heroin chic. Right. So photographer Irving Penn made her go, which that might be the same photographer who like walked her back and like kind of took probably. Um, he made her go to the Vogue staff doctor to ensure she was healthy enough to work. Good for him again. Yeah. I mean, she was like, well, it was partly because he cared, but also you needed to have permits due to child labor laws. So, <laughs> Hell. <laughs> <laughs> so they would in her in her photo shoots, they would have to pin the backs of dresses because obviously like nothing's going to be small enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they'd stuff the area where there should be curves with tissues. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's not uncommon practice anymore for people to do shit like that, but. Right. Right. Vicious. So, yeah. So they would, um, her and her mom sometimes would make extra money by being seamstresses. They're actually like really good seamstresses. And so they would make clothes for other models and like fashion industry icons. And um Carmen would like fall in love with an outfit that she modeled but she couldn't afford it so like in one particular shoot she loved this Chanel suit that they put her in so she went home and made a replica of it yeah that's my girl yeah my mom used to do shit like that too though yeah (laughs) so she said that um Sometimes, though, if they were a few dollars short for rent, they'd have to pawn the sewing machine. And she was like, it was a tragedy. (laughs) So. But they would get it back, right? That's my assumption. Is that they'd pawn it just to, like, meet the bills temporarily and then go buy it back. Right. I'm like, this is this is rough. This is a rough childhood. No kidding. I mean, they're all really rough, but this is like more childhood than we've gotten in a while. Probably because mm-hmm. she's still alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It is because I would read something and then she would briefly mention it in one of the like video interviews or something. So I knew that it at least was somewhat accurate. Um, so yeah, we got a little bit more child background, but honestly, her Wikipedia is really short. Probably because she's still alive. (laughs) That's what I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, so she got her first Vogue cover in 1947 and then was on the cover again a year later in November, 1948. So then in 1953, she was photographed for Vanity Fair lingerie, which oh, like that brand God. is still around. But like, how old was she then? 17, 18? In 53, she would have been like 22. Okay. She was born in 31. So the Vanity Fair lingerie shoot, though, it's not the Vanity Fair magazine. I just want to be clear about that. But Anyway, she covers her face with her hand and then 
she's in nightgowns. It's not like bra and underwear type shoots. Like it's. They didn't do like two piece bra and underwear type stuff back then. Right. It was usually like long flowy gowns and. Yeah. You know, not real, not the kind of lingerie we have today where it's like harnesses and stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But so since there were these long flowy gowns and everything, like she used her ballet moves. And these pictures are stunning. I'm sure they are. So pretty. Oh, I'm finally looking up a picture of her. I've seen her before. This woman is a stone cold fucking fox. It is incredible. She's absolutely fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Um... So, yeah. So anyway, it's lingerie shoot, but she's fully covered for the most part. I mean, like her arms are exposed, I guess. But uh, anyway, so it was an award winning ad campaign because it was more like art than like a magazine shoot. So uh, she ended up with a 10 year contract with them. But yeah, if you have the ability to look up those pictures, they're pretty stunning. Oh, yeah. I'm looking them up now as you tell me about them. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, and you don't see her face at all, which is, I think, part of the appeal. Like, she's covering her face with her hands. For the whole time. Well, for the pictures that are selected, yeah. Right. Um. So then she also was able to get an ad campaign with Revlon for their queen of diamonds um, ad campaign that they had. And so those two things really helped like catapult her career. So that's when Harper's Bazaar had a change of heart. Oh, surprise, (laughs) surprise. Shocking. Uh, I should mention though, I didn't really, I didn't even put this in my notes and I wasn't going to talk about it that much, but I should mention that between the first time she was photographed and then when Harper's Bazaar showed an interest in her, she did have a nose job. That's she had, fair. She had broken her nose like on a diving board or something, some sort of kid like activity. When she was young, she oh, broke she her was nose. Actually, being a child. <laughs> yeah. And um, so she did get uh her nose done in between. Oh wow. Okay. So I'm seeing these pictures and holy shit, they are absolutely fucking chic as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, girl. Proud of you. Yeah. She very much uh was was on set to work well yeah right. she was roller skating to and from she wasn't just, right right she was but i'm saying like business. these poses that she was doing and stuff like she'd have to hold them for a long time like she started out training for like different types of photography by learning how to stay really really still like one of like when she was 14, like one of the first photographers she worked with had her sit in a position for as long as she could. And he'd just like leave the room and she wasn't, even, she could barely be allowed to blink. Like she got conditioned for posing and like almost barely breathing. And then she'd insert her gracefulness from ballet and stuff. And it just, it just made her different than other models. 
she wasn't she wasn't necessarily posing for the camera, which I think is what you see in that ad campaign. Like she's not even looking at the camera. No. And that's the best part. Yeah. So Harper's Bazaar um, did some sporadic work with her in the early 1950s. And then like a few years later, she was like 26 ish. Um, Carmen caught the eye of Diana Vreeland, who was Bazaar's extremely particular fashion editor. They actually became really good friends. Um, Diana wanted the photographer Richard Avedon to do a shoot with Carmen in Paris for the 19, uh, 1957 issue. But good old Richard was being a dick. So um, Diana really had to twist his arm and Richard wanted to do the shoot with a different model. Her name was Susie Parker. So he brought Susie along as a backup in case it no didn't work way. out with Carmen. Oh my God. Pettiness. Um, Carmen said that she knew he was being forced to use her and uh, that he focused on everything that he thought was wrong with her, including the length of her hair. Unreal. But she just kept her mouth shut. She didn't say anything. She just, again, she's like, I'm just here to work. I'm just here to get my money, you know? Right. Like, it's not personal. I don't give a shit. Right. And so then at the end of the day, both models ended up in the magazine. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Yeah. So Carmen's also well known in the industry for being one of like the sweetest and most professional models to work with. Like the interview that I watched with her, which at this point she was 92 and she's talking and she is like giving credit to everyone but her. Like she is seemingly extremely sweet. Humble. Yeah. So um, she's also been called an actress when she's modeling because she concentrates so hard on doing her job well and focusing on the unspoken cues between her and the photographer. So she said that as a model, she didn't have an identity or a big personality. She was a chameleon. She called herself a silent actress. Mm -hmm. And um, she was just, she was full of solitude and didn't consider herself to be like the cover girl type. So she actually had more covers in the last 25 years, like in the last 25 years of her life. So like from her like 70s to 90s, than she did collectively for her entire career before that. I mean, I'm not surprised. She very much like owns her age. Mm -hmm. And we'll like talk about that a little bit, which um, has let her carve out a piece of the market for herself. I'm sure. Well, I mean, like um, how many until just recently, like in the last 10 years, if you were over 20, you were like a husband in the modeling industry. So for her to continue through. Who was that crazy lady that Janine or Jeanette? Janice Dickinson. Yeah. She kind of ruined it for the elder generation of models. <laughs> well, Janice lived hard and you can tell. Yeah. Whereas Carmen, like, 
is plant-based, uses sunscreen <laughs> every day, um, has never smoked anything, only will drink occasionally. She gets silicone fillers in her cheekbones and does like facials or, you know, um, like chemical peels or whatever. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, she, yeah, she has not exposed herself to the things that would cause aging (laughs) janice dickinson has yeah (laughs) janice is a turd yes um so unfortunately all of her hard work in the 1950s was not fully paid to her she married bill miles which i tried to figure out if it was the the popular Bill Miles, who was like a musician, I think, or not, okay. but I couldn't, I don't think it was. Um, there was no explanation of what he did or who he was anywhere. Um, so anyway, she married him in 1952 and he would pick up her checks from the modeling agency and then only give her a $50 allowance. This motherfucker. I know. No, I know. So they had one daughter whose name is Laura. And then they divorced soon after Laura was born. So according to the Daily Mail, um, Carmen and Bill dated for five years. And within that time frame, they had three illegal abortions. And on top of Bill stealing her money, he was also unfaithful. So technically they were only married for one year, but they were together longer. Um, Carmen said she didn't get married to have a child. She got married to have a relationship and then happened to be blessed with one child. She's, she was asked though, if she regretted her abortions and she said, frankly, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why would you? She's like, I got over Catholicism and guilt when I was eight. (laughs) Girl, show me the ways. <laughs> she said, I made my Holy Communion, but by the time I made my confirmation, I had resolved that it was a crock. <laughs> she said, women need to wake up. I'm not. She's not wrong. Good Lord. Hell yeah. She's, she went on to say, this is an interview from earlier. Uh, she said, if the U.S. rescinds Roe versus Wade, Women don't realize what it will mean for the rest of their lives and what it will cost the government to deal with all of those unwanted children dumped on society. She's from the era of that. So, yes, I would listen to her. Yeah. So, I mean, she was an only child and she was fine with having only one child that she didn't go on to have more. She actually was like, um, my daughter knows that she was wanted and she always has my love and that she's like everything in my world. So mm-hmm. that's what know. it should be. I'm sorry. Yeah. So then again, according to the daily mail, which I keep saying that because we never know with them. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, not long after. She was 28 years old. 
and she married photographer Richard Hyman in 1959. But again, they were only married for a year. He decided he wasn't ready for marriage or raising another man's child. Hmm. Guess should have thought about that prior to, but okay. Right. Well, according to Wikipedia, though, she had decided to retire from modeling because she was 28. And that's when he left her. Yeah. So multiple things happened there. So, cash cow. So we have two different things happening here. Um, so she did take a break from her career in like the 60s. Um, then her third marriage was to Richard Kaplan and he was an architect. And so she met him in 1963 which again was not long after her previous divorce and they married later that year. They actually stayed married for 11 years and I guess it just kind of like fizzled out. Hmm. Um, so she's been known though, since her last marriage ended. Cause it would have married, it would have ended in like the late or mid seventies. And she hasn't been remarried since, right? So she's been known to have various lovers. <laughs> <laughs> when she wasn't married, but the men could have been married. So, you know, you know, that's on them. Shitty humans, she, but good for her for having hers. She said that she always has a male friend. But of course. And she's been quoted speaking of like still having sex when she was in her 80s. Like there was an interview of her like 10 years ago in her 80s when she was talking about like if you uh, if you've got like a nice car in the garage, you don't maybe drive it that often, but you do have to turn it on and oil it up sometimes to make sure that it's going to run when it needs to. (laughs) Yes, Carmen. (laughs) Yes. Um, so she was then linked, though, to photographer Norman Parkinson, talk show host David Suskind, and multimillionaire Norman F. Levy. Now, rem- remember Norman Levy for later. Okay. okay. Put a pin in him. Pinning. So in 1978, she returned to modeling because she was in need of funds. I mean, right. is what it is. And uh, so she started appearing in magazines and on runways again. And by the 1990s, even the 2000s is when she got like another, uh, I guess, catapult in her career. And she modeled for Isaac Mizrahi's clothing line at Target, as well as Rolex. That's where I know her from. She's a lady from the Target ads. Yeah, possibly. I was just like, who is a stunning old lady? Target. Yeah. Go you. Yeah, I remember. Well, she did a lot of high end. Mm-hmm. That's why I say like Rolex and other brands that we probably wouldn't have been as familiar with at that right. time. But the Target one I put in here on purpose. 100p. <laughs> um, yeah, so she appeared in a handful of films, TV commercials, documentaries. There's a documentary about her life called Carmen, A Life of Fashion. Um, It was produced by the University of Arts in London, and they also awarded her an honorary doctorate. Because um, 
I'm talking a lot about her, her like magazine and ad campaigns, but she walked runways. Like she was one of the, she's one of the few people like she's, she walked a runway like last year. (laughs) Seriously. That's awesome. Yeah. So in the eighties and nineties, she lost most of her money in the stock market. So she was forced to auction off some of her famous modeling photos and um, she became bankrupt, basically. And uh, she also became an unfortunate victim of Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme. Oh, no. Yeah. So her boyfriend at the time was Norman Levy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he was good friends with Madoff. He introduced her to Madoff. And he ended up defrauding Carmen of like several million dollars um, for 12 years. Ruth and Bernie Madoff and Carmen and Norman were a foursome and would travel and party together on lavish yachts and go across the world and stuff. Wow. Yeah. How do yeah. you how do you live with yourself when you're fucking people out of that much money? I don't know. And you're just looking them in the eye every day. that's psychos that's like sociopath shit it really is so her boyfriend norman died in 2005 at the age of 93 and madoff was the executor of his will yes so levy had 244 million in assets at the time of his death according to carmen and Madoff's fraudulent investment scheme drew on these funds to lure over 13,500 people and charities into his Ponzi scheme. Oh, no. And at this point, she still didn't know. So she had continued to still be social with the Madoffs even after Norman's death. Wow. Well, yeah, they were her friends. Yeah. Or so she thought. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, so in December of 2008, a friend who had invested her life savings with Madoff called Carmen to inform her that she, too, had been bankrupted by the scheme. And Carmen said, for the second time in my life, I've lost all of my life savings. So she had to declare bankruptcy again for a second time and then return to modeling again. Oh, my God. You would think this woman had... She should have set, been set up, but I guess right. it makes sense for her to get back into the modeling game and to be this iconic lady. She still is. Right. Imagine if she didn't get bankrupt, we wouldn't have her in the front of behind the camera anymore. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. She wouldn't be as prevalent. Right. She wouldn't be probably as well known, but. Um, so despite all of that, uh, at least she's always been like comfortable in her own skin and (laughs) has been able to like continue to work. And, um, she said that she's always been mindful of her age and how to earn a living. So (sighs) like when she was 40, she was like. I wanted to be 40. I didn't want to be 20. Right. So she's like, 
I've always done my job as far as looking in the mirror to represent that respective year. And she goes, that's why I've felt so wonderful to stand in front of the camera. Man, like what a, what a woman, what a human being, what a way to look at life. Right. Tackled it with a fucking ferocity. Right. I know. So, um, from, uh, I don't know which article I got this from, but it says for Carmen, the secret to her success lies in the fact that she has always stayed true to herself. And this would be her advice to any burgeoning model. And it says, quote, I always say to women when it is more about taste than it is about money, when it comes to your looks, copy nobody and have the courage to express your own personality. So, um, yeah, I think the obvious bankruptcies and poor, not, they weren't even bad decisions. I guess, I guess it was, she trusted people she shouldn't have many times Mm -hmm. in her life who took advantage of her. Um, at the end of it though, like it had, it forced her yet to be in modeling, but I think there's a part of her that would always want to work. Probably. Yeah. So she said, it took me half my life to find satisfaction. I have been there for a while now, though. I can't pinpoint it exactly. And satisfied is the word. Happiness is a quiet indulgence I do on my own. Yeah. To have peace. It's called peace. (laughs) She also said that it took her half her life to understand who she was. Right. So um, she was like, how could I be true to anything when I didn't know myself? So the older she got, the truer and truer she became with herself. And she still continues to say she's a work in progress. Um, but she said, I'm definitely not going to please someone for their sake of approval. Good for her. Can she be the poster child for all young women? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Good Lord. Can we start giving her more airtime? <laughs> so these I other know. ones. Good I know. God. I know. So she was actually just on the cover of New You magazine with Beverly Johnson in October of 2022. Really? Yes. Beverly Johnson is 69 years old and she made history in 1974 when she was the first black model to appear on the cover of Vogue. So Beverly Johnson was 69 and Carmen was 91 or 92 when they did this shoot holy shit man this she's 91 years old this is blowing my mind yeah and so she actually poses like partially nude like she's kind of covered up by a sheet like it's suggestive and so she still looks sexy oh look at her get it in your briefs 91 okay honestly fucking goals how is she 91 years old Yeah. So, um, you know, she's like part of her standing up for her age is embracing her body and her beauty and taking care of herself. So she says that she looks like that because she takes care of herself. She's like men and women should care for themselves and love themselves. And one of the secrets to maintaining beauty is doing what you do for a baby, nurturing and feeding the baby with love. 
that's what we should do with ourselves, nurture ourselves, love ourselves and give that kind of energy to ourselves. So yeah, Beverly talks about how um, Carmen was a mentor to her and she looks up to her and it's just blowing my mind that these two women are like 70. What did, what did we say? 91 and 69. Yeah. Holy shit. And so, you know, the big final question here in one of the articles that I read was, um, has Carmen ever considered like full-time retirement? She responded with no. She said, I want to enjoy every day of my life and work as part of that. Yeah, well, I mean, you got a sweet job, so makes sense. Um, so I got all this information from Wikipedia, Harper's Bazaar, Iconic Focus, The Nocturnal, People.com, NewU.com, Luxury London, and The Daily Mail. My goodness. So what, what an icon. If you guys don't. You guys need to go look her up, read about her. Tell her she has her. a <laughs> she has a Sharon Stone kind of look to her mm-hmm. in a way. And she has the thickest, like white, beautiful hair. Right. Ever. Like, Just I don't gorgeous. know how she has so much hair. Like, I'm almost 40 and I feel like my hair is thin. It's called being Hungarian and Italian. <laughs> Yes, that's true. And being that's the true. hairiest human possible from the start. <laughs> that's true. That's probably helping her. Yeah, I'm telling you. But yeah, I mean, she doesn't shy away from the fact that she's had plastic surgery, like, and gets like fillers and stuff like that. Right. But um, I still. mean, they don't look shitty. It looks good. Like, if you well, were to go that route, that's ideal. Right, right. I didn't come across anything about her having like facelifts and stuff. I don't think um, she, I don't, yeah, doesn't look like she did. But her, I mean, her jawline and her neck are real tight, though. It's possible. But um, well, when you do nothing but hang out and take care of yourself and treat yourself like a child, <laughs> I imagine your body responds accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, I moisturize every day. I wear <laughs> sunscreen, people, like all the stuff I'm always saying. Yeah. She's like, I drink water with lemon in the morning. I was like, Sarah will love that. <laughs> I do. We we do. We do over here. Cause that is yeah. a good way to start. Yeah. She's like, I eat a plant-based diet. Like, so when people, that was a lot of the articles were like, what are the secrets to looking so good at your age? She's like, eat well, take care of yourself. <laughs> I, don't, I don't Simple shit. Foundational types. There's no secret. It's just taking care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I actually, exercise every day <laughs> like so, you know yeah you know <laughs> the key to success everybody's got it <laughs> right we're all even here on that one yeah i know the one thing i did enjoy was that she was like i will do exercises every day but now i listen to my body so if if I'm having a hard time with my arms or whatever, then I just don't do them that day. I do something else. It's just all about listening to your body. And I'm like, I've been hearing this for like years, right? (laughs) Yes. But somehow we're all still conditioned to push through. Right. Well, because it's not 
that's not our reality. We can't just, I mean, we could, what would happen if we did? Mm-hmm. The world would keep moving, you know, mm-hmm. we'd all live to see another day. It's not the end of it. Yeah. So that's Carmen Del Orafice <laughs> and all of her goddessness. Thank you for telling us her story. What a fucking icon. I'm just, it's remarkable that this woman is still on earth with us too. 90 something years old, you said, 92, three. Yeah, she's 92 now because she just had a birthday. Oh, that's right. My girl, Gemini sisters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, um, outside of how she looks, it was interesting watching the interview with her because although she talks a little slower, like she's still very sharp. Like she is on it, man. Yeah. And they're asking her about, you know, memories from when she was like 13 or about Salvador Dalia and all this stuff. And she was recalling things just like snappy snap. And I'm like, yeah, you could tell she's not uh done anything to compromise her brain cells. <laughs> She's peak take care of herself. <laughs> <laughs> However, I don't know how um, if she's on yachts with Madoff, but right. I mean, just not drinking, I guess. She said that she would drink, but she doesn't like do anything else. Hmm. Um, hmm. But yeah, it it was challenging to find all of this information. And I, I just, I don't know why exactly. Like, I didn't have to dig into, you know, the fourth page of Google or anything. But this woman has been around. She's been in the modeling industry for basically 80 years. Probably because so, she's not drama. She brings no drama to the table. Right. She doesn't right. make any drama with anybody. She just exists and is peaceful and just content with life like that's probably why probably she's, she's not doing the most she's not the main character so nobody wants to fuck with her that's a bummer too yeah i was like i i had probably recognized her and seen her throughout my life in various campaigns and whatnot but the reason i came across her is because she was on a uh, episode of Project Runway where she was being a judge, like a you know a guest judge, right? And at that point, because that was just a couple of years ago, that means she was in her late eighties and she's on <laughs> Project Runway telling people like how much she loves herself. She was even she was very sweet on the show too. <laughs> I'm like, how is this the first time I've heard this name? Again, because she doesn't bring the drama. <laughs> You don't hear about it if they don't have the drama. Wild. Or a sex tape, you know. Right, right, right. So. It's interesting because when we were growing up, I feel like she might have drifted off a little bit at the time when like the Cindy Crawford. Oh, yeah. uh, What was it? Like Nikki Thomas, like Mm -hmm. the... um, those types of supermodels like it was actually a thing to become a supermodel right 
And at she that point, she was already like mega ultra model. <laughs> well, elderly, especially for the modeling world, right? So she didn't get it all wrapped up in all that stuff. Man. Oh. Anyway. There's, I mean, cool. there's plenty of eras where she could have gotten wrapped up in some stuff. Let's be honest. All of them are fucked up. <laughs> True. Every True. single decade had a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thank you. Cause she deserved that. So fuck yeah. You got a you got a gold star for that one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, navigating cat hair at the moment, my bad. Oh God. I think it's time. It is time for Atta Girls. Something that uh, we're proud of ourselves for doing or something good that's happened to us. My add a girl for this week is that I had to switch insurance. And now as a self-employed person, um, I could not get the same deal that I was on before. And man... The whole switching insurance process really sucks. Sucks big time. Sucks huge. Especially when you're not part of a company or like have like a HR manager or like, you know, some sort of interference to guide you through right. the setting the up of all of the things, yeah. you know? Um, so I went to the pharmacy to pick up my refill. And they're like, your insurance is like not showing as active. And I'm like, but I've had it since June 1st. It's now, well, when I picked it up, I don't know. It was like June 10th or something when I tried to pick it up. So anyway, I thought I had gotten everything set up appropriately. And then I finally called today. And it took me forever to get to the right spot. but. For whatever reason, they had to activate my pharmacy benefits. And I don't know why, because, because they switched over my HSA seamlessly. That doesn't matter because they won't need you to tell them ex- precisely exactly what you want to spend money on. And that's one of those things where it's not a default because they don't want to have to spend money on it. So if you don't have them check it and you don't call them, then boop, all of a sudden they don't have to pay for shit. Yeah. But the thing is, I have an extremely high deductible. So, like, they don't even pay for anything anyway. Right. What do they fucking care? Well, then they do care. They always care. Anyway, I got, I think I got all my shit straight today. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I guess there's still an opportunity to find out if I didn't, but I like had to, I switched my, uh, prescription from one pharmacy to another because I could get it cheaper at the other one. And I downloaded like the good RX app and got a coupon for the insurance for the prescription. Since I have such a high deductible now, yeah, I got all of the apps, all of the accounts. I was just like, you go to manufacturer and you can qualify for another discount through the manufacturer. There's all kinds of fun stuff you can do. But it, it took me a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's why people make this shit their full-time job is just helping people onboard the fucking insurance because it's so much. So much. 
So anyway, my outer girl is that uh, you're insured. Yay. <laughs> always been insured. I just I think I can use it now. <laughs> we'll find out. Tune in next week to see if Nicole is able to pick up her prescriptions. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, my Atta girls. My Atta girl is I too got on the phone today to make a phone call that I've been putting off and they didn't answer. So I had to leave a voicemail, but I called them. So hopefully they'll call me back tomorrow. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like obsessive at this point. But really, that's aside from, you know, my garden is growing. <laughs> oh, God. We cleaned the house, you know, the simple things in life. Got some laundry uh-huh. figured out. I'm pretty low key, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> just attending to life as usual. <laughs> right. Well, I hope that when they call you back, that you have the ability to answer the phone. Me too. Shit. I sit in the basement at my job and I get no service. You may have to end up stalking whoever it is that you're trying to get a hold of. I'm pretty sure I will. That's fine. It'll be fine. I just making those phone calls. I don't know if it's because I'm a millennial or what the deal is, but I build it up in my head so much that I have to like make this call and I'm going to have to sit on hold. I'm going to have to go through the prompts. I'm going to have to do this. I don't know. Like I'd prefer to take care of everything online. Because we grew up with Comcast being fucking shitty and having to wait on the phone with them for three and a half hours for them to be like, Lou, sorry about that. And they just flipped a switch and had internet again. I don't know. I think that it's just like yeah, it's like a millennial thing in general. We just don't want to even talk to people. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, we all know this. But I've oftentimes call myself a cusper because I'm on the edge. And uh, I don't claim all millennial behaviors, but that one I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to do that cusper shit. Yep, that's fine. I'm just a full millennial. Mm-hmm. I got no excuse. I was born in 83, so I'm a customer. But yeah, tell me I need to pick up the phone and call somebody. I'm like, uh-huh. no, I don't. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> this part is with the calling of people is that, yeah, like it does. They don't answer or you run out of time because you couldn't get to the right person or what like. It's never just like, oh, oh hey. No. Oh, that's- oh, nice of you to answer. <laughs> right. It's probably why, because there's so much shit that is involved in it. Explaining the story 16 fucking times. Yeah. They're hitting every 36 buttons that you need to hit. Missing who the fuck, what the fuck. Yes. All of and then it. they call me back on some number that I don't know. And then I get a voicemail and then I start twitching. Right. <laughs> <laughs> A mess, a fucking mess being on the phone. Oh, goodness. I need to be as unbothered as Carmen. Honestly, embody her mentality moving forward. That woman is unbothered. By a lot. By a lot. Oh, man. I'm just going to say her daily motto 
enjoy herself at no one else's expense. (laughs) (laughs) So if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. We'd love it if you share this with your friends. You can suggest a hoe of history by emailing us at homancepodcast at gmail.com or um, in our comments or DMs on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. You can join the closed group that has nothing to do with hoes of history, just hoeing. And that is (laughs) homance chronicles, a judgment free zone. (laughs) You're welcome. Oh, man's out. <laughs> <laughs>